Yes, good morning everyone. Welcome. It's great to see you all. Uh, I couldn't get away from the fact that I felt God wanted to say some more about dreaming. So I'm very grateful to all those who have already spoken about dreaming. We've learned a lot about dreams and dreaming over the last few weeks. But there's a conviction in me that there's something else that God wanted to bring into this. Could you turn your Bibles to John 14, please? And if we go from verse 12. Could you just have a look at that verse 12 for a minute? Just have a look at it. It's one of those verses, isn't it? Verse 12 of chapter 14 is a verse to, to struggle with, isn't it? Somebody want to read it out? It's the word of God. It's interesting, isn't it, that um, actually, uh, this is a bit of a digression, really. I don't want to read the rest of that, a bit more of that passage. But um, Jesus had a bit of a a mannerism. When he wanted to emphasise something, quite a lot through the Gospels you'll see this. He uses this this word, well, in in the uh, King James, he says, Verily, verily, I tell you, truly, truly. Truly, truly, he's got this idea that he wants to communicate something very sincerely. This wasn't Jesus just a passing word. This is not, not that Jesus is, any of Jesus' words are passing words. But, but here we have something of great significance that he wants to communicate. And he does so by saying, truly, I tell you, listen up, this is true. And the difficulty for us is we find that so difficult. We start putting other things in there. Well, maybe Jesus meant, you know, that we'll go into all the world. Well, yes, of course it meant that too. Jesus is concerned with the salvation of the whole world. And he passed that as his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He was concerned with the salvation of every soul and commissioned us for that purpose. Difficult passage, though, and uh, uh, we'll carry on reading. Um, somebody else want to carry on? Uh, from that verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Keep going. If we could go down to... Uh, in fact, I uh, didn't have to do it all, Peter, but, but I want to go down to verse 26. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you desolate, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, 
you will live also. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Thank you, Peter. Amazing words, aren't they? Amazing words. Uh, we could spend a great deal of time. We've got a very short time. I don't uh, want to talk for too long this morning, so it's very difficult for me to communicate what I want to do this morning. But I want to start by reminding you that you are a spiritual being. Yes? You, as well as being a physical being, you are a spiritual being. Is that true? Yes. It is in your very DNA, your spirituality is in your very being. Uh, Solomon in, in the Ecclesiastes says that he has placed eternity in the hearts of men. Wonderful. You are a spiritual being. And in fact, many, many people outside those doors and in the world beyond believe that. That they are a spiritual being. They don't even believe in God, but they know in their know because God has placed eternity in the hearts of men that they are a spiritual being. They might not be able to identify what that is, but they know that the world and all that in it is not just about stuff. It's more, isn't it? It's more than just material stuff. Now the challenge, of course, is that the enemy comes along and he turns that. He twists it all the time. Everything in all creation is he twists and he turns and he distorts. And he takes the spiritual and he does that with that too. So over the last three weeks, in this very place, the enemy has taken the opportunity to take the spiritual and twist it. And to use the very word cursed and to use it as some kind of joke. Sue and I, as we came in, we prayed. We prayed God would push back. We prayed in the name of Jesus to push back every force of darkness in this place. And that every child, every adult, every person who had come in this place in the last three weeks would know no difficulty arising from that time. We are spiritual people and the enemy uses it. In fact, across the world, if we think about dreams for a minute, the idea of dreams are a, almost a universal idea for how we, what in computer people would say, an interface, wouldn't they? Between the spiritual and the physical. Uh, a, uh, it, it's a way of 
connecting. Dreams can be a way of connecting the spiritual with us. It's a way of communication. Native American Indians have a thing called a dream catcher. Yes. Um, the uh, Aboriginals of Australia have a thing called dream walking. Across the world, people have different ways of, and cultures have different experiences of using dream. And in the West, we've kind of left a lot of that behind. And I'll come to that in a minute. But the idea of the fact that dreams can communicate something in the spiritual have been, has been lost along the way uh, in the West. And, of course, the enemy makes use of that too. It's uh, noticeable that the enemy can... He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind if your obsession is with the physical, because that keeps you away from God, or with the spiritual, if he can distort that. He doesn't mind whichever way. He'll find a way of distorting it. But for us, as God's people, we know that there is a way of communicating with Father. Jesus made the way, didn't he? In Hebrews, it talks about he went through the veil. The great high priest, he went through and he made a way for us to uh, spend our time with him, to, to communicate with him. And in this passage, a uh, wonderful passage uh, of John 14, um, he says this, these words, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's the whole trinity there. Must be. Because we've already know, we know he's talking about his spirit. He will give us his spirit. He says, my father will come and we will. We've got the full counsel. Wow! The full heart of God residing in us. Woo! <laughs> Pretty amazing, isn't it? And he reveals it. He knows full well, like, like in the Old Testament. He knows that if he were for one glimmer of a moment reveal his whole purpose, whole being to us, we'd just go, wouldn't we? So he reveals, he inspires, he lifts us into a place of understanding which is relevant and for us, for our agenda, for our now. The bit that we need now. So I can't move away from the conviction that God has things to say to us about this dreaming because we are spiritual beings. God speaks to us. I want you to remember that, that, that God speaks to us not just for the big, not just for the what will I be doing in five years time, which he does. Not just for the, the big stuff, but for the every day, for the every moment. And he wants a people, he's looking for a people who will relate to him in that way. Remember the conversation with the Samaritan woman? Those that worship will worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus is calling us to a life of worship. 
I'm not trying to make difficulties, difficult stuff with Scripture here. I'm taking the thread of Scripture and what you know and what I know to be true. When I was at school, I was called a daydreamer. Blake, wake up! Pay attention! <laughs> Maybe I should say, anybody asleep here? No, no. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Just give me another five minutes. <laughs> no. So that I was called a daydreamer. And the problem with that, of course, was it meant at the end of school I left with very, very little. I had practically nothing when I left school. And I had to go and study afterwards. But you know what? God is calling us to be <laughs> yes, daydreamers. He wants us not in the sense that I was just describing a minute ago. But he's looking for a people who will dream through the day communicate with, allow him, allow him to reveal, to inspire, to touch, to change, to mould, to shape. And as a people, that's a hard issue for us. That's a thing that we need to accommodate, to acclimatise to. Because to be honest, guys, the reality is that it's just so easy. The default position is that everything just becomes the stuff. Doesn't it? Everything just becomes the physical, and that's all there is. Yeah? I just use you a minute, darling. Can you just sit down? Like, just stay there where you are. Because the, the difficulty is we can go around in life and say, oh, I just love to be closer to God. I would be just so, I just love to be close with God. Oh, Lord, I just want to be close to you. Put your arms around me. I just want to be close to you, Lord. I just need you to be close to me, Father. And it, He's right here. He can't get any closer to you than he is right now. He loves you so very, very much. And he communicates his love to you all the time. If we would just but listen. Yes? Gone a long way from my notes. Verse 23 to 25, I'm going to read again. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not of my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken whilst with you. But the Advocate, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Interesting how he, having said that he's going to give us the Holy Spirit, he then immediately uses the words, peace I leave with you. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's entirely part of the package. That with the Holy Spirit's revelation, with all that God wants to put in and, and deposit in us with a revelation and inspiration, he wants us to realise that that will bring the peace that the world cannot give. That's what does it. Interesting also, I, I just want to ask you, what, what qualifications do you need 
to have this Holy Spirit deposited in you. What qualifications are there for you to hear God in your everyday? Do you, for example, from this passage, have to do a special ritual? No. There are no rituals involved in hearing God, are there? No uh, priest involved. You don't have to go and ask um, uh, anybody. There are no, there's nothing like that required from this passage. Do you have to be in a special place? No. no. Nobel room on a Sunday morning. Ooh, that's the place you hear God. Yes, it might be. But it also might be and German's kitchen on a Wednesday afternoon. Yes, mightn't it? Yes. Do you have to be a particular age? What's the age boundary? Do you have to be over 18? No? No. I could have said under a certain age, but no, I'm not going to do that. Do you have to be a bloke? A man? No. Do you have to be white? No. Do you have to be physically able? No. I can't think of any qualification in this. I've laboured the point, haven't I? But I am deliberately doing so. Can you have learning difficulties and hear the word of God for you? Yes. Praise God. He includes us all. He doesn't leave anybody out. It's for all. The only qualification is actually, right at the beginning of that passage, well, I just read, it says, verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Yeah? He wants to have a relationship with you based on love and as we love him, so he reciprocates with his word and with his love and with his teaching, with his peace. I think there's something about this that I was keen to communicate today, which is, which is just to say to you that this is great for the gathered community and when we are on our own. And some of us are good at doing one, and some of us are good at doing the other, in terms of listening to God, and some of us aren't so great at doing any, and some of us would love to be better at spending time in God's presence and hearing from him and listening who would like to hear from God more. Anybody here want to hear from God more? Yes, me too. Yes. And he, he wants it as a lifestyle. He wants it as a lifestyle. When we're gathered and when we're on our own, I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, wonderful thing. I look at the life of Jesus and I see him uh, in him a masterclass in living this life of hearing God and having his revelation. It is, it's a masterclass. You see, as we've learnt, Jesus has a plan. He had a plan from the word go. It was his father's pleasure that he came into the world to save sinners. That was the plan. He could have been um, walking along the road 
on the way to the Sermon on the Mount, or wherever he was going to speak or to, to, to do it, and he, he could have just been focused on that. But you know what? He wasn't. He'd be happy, very happy and content, if somebody came along and tucked at his garment, and power went out from him, and he'd turn and he'd deal with that. He, he would... He would be prepared to have his whole plan and purposes interrupted because that's the kind of person Jesus is. He has an interrupted lifestyle of the Spirit. And it's one of those expressions I like to use, an interrupted lifestyle of the Spirit. So that we're not always so focused on what's down the road that we forget to keep listening to God for the now. And I think that's very important for what we're looking at this morning, in, in that God can communicate something to Ange in the kitchen on a Wednesday afternoon, or Adam. Um, and it's, it's not about focusing just on the plans for next week or next month, but it's about what's God saying now. Oh, just have this thought, I'm going to ring someone. Because I think God might be saying something. I love the fact that across the life of this church there are people who do do that. They respond to promptings. That may not be some great word from the Lord, but I know full well that people across the life of this church will get a text saying, how are you doing today? Now, some of you are going to be sitting there, and I'm sorry if that's... But it, don't, don't, don't do that thing, all right? You're still loved, I promise. God loves you very much. But if we follow those promptings, I'm deeply encouraged. You know, sometimes I've, I've had a card through the door just saying, you know, thank you. Somebody's followed a prompt, haven't they? And, oh my word, that sounds as very unspiritual. But I tell you what, what's the difference between that in the eternal purposes of God and Brenda being obedient to God and bringing a tongue this morning. I have difficulty thinking that there's a great deal of difference between those two things. Because you know what? Both build the kingdom of God. Both do. And in the everyday of our individual life, and when we, when we gather together on a Sunday, there's the other time when we gain this revelation, this inspiration, and I wanted just to uh, say how much, I, I don't know about you, but how much I value our times together. And one of the main reasons I, I wanted to share this with you this morning was because I want to stir you up again. Because one of the things that I think is so wonderful about times of worship and times like this in the Word is that God does this amazing thing of bringing a word from one person and a picture from another and a Bible reading from another and they all kind of come together, don't they? And they all... And so often, so often, they are saying similar things or following one from the other. Is that true? Is that anybody's experience here? Yes? Yes. If I think about this morning or some other times, it, I would just want to say, let's stir ourselves up, guys. Come on, I'm, I'm speaking to you as uh, a brother in Christ here. Let's stir ourselves up, you know, because... What does it take to hear from God? We've already discovered we don't need a special place or, or anything else like that. 
Well, Tim, I, I don't seem to get any of that. I don't seem to get any of those kind of pictures or words or stuff like that. Okay. I'm just going to give you one thing that I would suggest to you. I mean, there are plenty of other things, but... If you look at somebody, and you look at that person, and, and you say to God, Okay, what's God saying to me about that situation, that person? I mean, you could look at them, and you could go to them and say, Morning, Sue, how are you doing? And, and you could have a conversation with her. But what about looking at that person and asking God, Okay, what's God saying to me about that person? And you'll go, Oh, my word, I don't know about that. But actually, just go with it. Just go with it. I love the way there's people across this community who will do that, actually. They'll, they, they will say, you know, how are you doing? This Pete Douglas is great, isn't he? Doesn't he do it well? He comes here. How are you doing? And, and he really is communicating with you, and you know he is. And he's asking God for you. Others, too, across the life of the church. The other, so looking, and the other is, I, I have this thing about listening and then listening again. Listening to what a person, it's ever so important listening to people. Giving people their full attention. Not always brilliant at it myself, so forgive me if I don't do it well. But then having listened, then listen again. Listen again. Because there's a different kind of listening that you can do. Might slow the conversation down a bit, but just pause for a moment. What's God saying in what that person's just said? And from that, there may be something that comes. If it's just you trying to get across your things from the morning, that's never going to happen. But listening and then listening again, looking and then looking again. I find that's such an important thing for us all. I think I'm nearly at the end of what I wanted to share, to be honest. But I, I just wanted to encourage you to see the dreaming as in the everyday. The rev- because another word for dream, and it's interesting because in the Old Testament, in that passage in Joel, where he says, what is it he says? He says, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Okay. Why did they put those two together? You know, what, what did they think about the dream? What was it about dreams? Why, why put see visions and then dream dreams? Why are they together? Well, it must be because that God communicates through both. Wouldn't you say? Was that fair kind of thing? To look at that passage and, and, and see in Joel. It could be difficult to, to line between. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yes. And in fact, I would go further. Hillary's hit the nail on the head because actually if we, if we substitute both dream and vision for the minute with the word, well, I'm going for it now, the word prophetic, okay? It, prophetic encompasses the, the word of God communicated in all sorts of ways, doesn't it? Yeah? So we can have the idea of the prophetic in terms of a word, a prophetic word, a tongue, with its interpretation. People talk about um, a word of knowledge or all of those other things. They are God's communication. And the, of course the Old Testament word for God speaking to people was often the prophet. You know, But it's no good as having this vision of a prophet, which is a, a guy with a beard and, you know, 
the prophets. But I would encourage you, even if you do have a beard, to communicate the word of God. To stir up the gift within you. There's only one person in the beard in the room. I don't know whether that's prophetic, David, but I pray that you would stir up the gift in you. Because uh, this guy brings prophetic word, doesn't he? And there are others of you who have brought the word of God on other occasions. And you come to me and say, I have this thing, I think it might... Stir it up, stir it up. Explore, look, listen, pray, read. It's okay, we're all learning. We have each other, haven't we? We all care for one another. We're not going to let you go off and take us on some terrible line of heresy. Check it up with the word of God. Check it up with a good friend. And we'll, come on, let's, let's open up ourselves to hear God for ourselves. If actually you think about it, there's a... I, I, how are we doing for time? Have I gone over? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, I'm all right with this thing. I was going to say, say this. The, the example in the Bible I want to use from the New Testament is the Acts 10. If Peter had just put his dream in Acts 10, he was on the roof. Do you remember that story? He was on the roof and he, he had this picture of the uh, tablecloth with all the food on it. Yes? The, kosher, the non-kosher food. All the things you shouldn't eat. Do you know the significance of that dream? Do you realise the significance of that dream? I've told you this before. I wonder if you can remember. That dream means that we can have the gospel spoken to us. The fact that God communicated in that way is the reason why you are sitting here now. One of them. God could have found another way, I'm sure. But that was how he did it, through a dream about non-kosher food. There's a quick reminder, Peter was on there, he, saw the, uh, he, had this, he was hungry as well. So the thing is, for Peter, he's in a great big dilemma, because he has this image of the, of the food on the tablecloth, and he could have easily have just turned around and said, that was the, because I'm hungry. That's just all that was. But when Cornelius' servants turn up and ask him, uh, would you come and speak to my master? Peter goes, ah, that's what that dream meant. And he said, yes. Whoa, that's a moment in history, a pivotal moment. He could have said, oh, that was just the food because I was hungry. He, so I'm telling all of you now, Peter's no different to you. He isn't. He's just the same. He didn't have any... Yeah, all right, so he walked with Jesus and he walked on the water. And, yeah. <laughs> but he also denied Christ three times. He also was known as, to be honest, motor mouth. About half a Christian church think of him in that way. He is an example of what it means to hear God and respond to it. Because if he hadn't, we wouldn't necessarily be sitting here now. Well... Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, stir up the gift in you, because I believe this morning that the Spirit of God is saying to us, the future health of this community of God's people is entirely connected, entirely connected with our willingness to listen to God, to hear his word and to obey it. Amen.